0: Welcome among the release. So I the release is back at UK Games Expo after I don't know three, maybe even four years and uh i'm short on money and i thought i would like to do something different this year so i joined the team of volunteers of uk games expo and i almost finished my first shift now we have a little break and i spent most of that shift with brendan hello brendan so that's your first year as well
1: this is also my first year this is yes flew down from edinburgh to volunteer just because Sounds kind of fun. Go to a lot of conventions and you look around them, but you never really get into them. So I thought, if you
0: volunteer, get behind the curtain and really meet people. It's special, it's quite nice. I mean, and it's. We were. Our shift was to let people in, uh, and uh, people are. It seems quite happy to arrive here and uh, us saying them welcome and good morning and so on.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it starts to feel a bit ridiculous, like we just welcome, welcome, good morning. But actually, like. Seeing folk being really happy as they're coming in, it's kind of worthwhile. I quite like
0: that. So what's your journey in Tabletop? You, you do board games, you do role-playing games, or you do all across the board, or...? I do generally across the board, uh-huh.
1: so a lot of role-playing games, uh, bits and bobs of board games when I when I get the chance, far too much D&D, which I know is a stereotypical role-playing game, but... <laughs> I, <laughs> I do, I do like it.
0: was it your int- introduction to role playing games? My
1: introduction to role playing games. Well, I grew up on a small island, Shetlands, up in the north of Scotland, and my introduction to role playing games was one of my mates who got hold of a really, really old, like, classic D and D book, and decided he wanted to play it, and it was the most bizarre, odd thing I've ever done, but it was so much fun that we tried other role-playing systems and we got hold of them that started when i was a teenager and just kept going so and do you game master and or do you mainly play or? so i used to mainly play i was mostly a forever player and now i'm more of a dm in the pandemic we needed somebody to do dming online and i was like well i'll do that and i enjoyed it so much that i just kept doing
0: it so your expo here volunteering or shift is coming to a close do you know what you're gonna do as part of your your off time? Uh, do you know what stand you're gonna visit here at the Expo? Or well, are you planning to come back home with a lot of board games or tabletop role-playing game supplements or new books? I've got a bit of a problem because I've got a f- I've got a
1: flight and um, ah. not enough carrying capacity to break all the board games I'd like to take back home. So I'm gonna have to be sparing with it. Oh, but what am I really looking forward to? Well, I know that some of the speakers. I'm really excited about. Oh, really? Like, Shut up and sit down's coming, and I love watching them. Um, Guys, Flanders does all the uh, G- how to be a great gem videos. He's here. Really looking forward to, to a lot of the seminars.
0: That's cool. Did you work out your shift so you you would be able to attend that one specifically?
1: Tomorrow, I think it does. My shift does fall in to let me go see them.
0: Okay. So that
1: that that's worked out. So we're gonna get the hard work done today.
0: <laughs> great. Yeah, i uh, not sure what I'm going to do next. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go run some demonstrations of my game. Paris is going to do the life-saving magic of inventoring tonight. And then, uh, yeah, I plan to have drinks with friends. Uh, because there's a lot of people I know uh, here. Yeah, What do you think of your experience as a volunteer so far? So far, I'm very much enjoying it. I'm very, like, it's a
1: really friendly bunch. Although I don't feel like I know at all what I'm doing. I feel that everyone's been quite patient with me yet. I'm knackered, and we've only just started, but...
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm curious to see in what state uh, we'll be uh, uh, on Sunday. uh. Any advice for anyone who would consider becoming a volunteer uh, at the Expo?
1: I would say, if I was going to do this next year, and I'm seriously considering it because I'm having a lot of fun already, and I've not been here that long, but I would say get here plenty early. Yeah. Even if it's the night before is even better, because for me having to get down. So I've I was up at four o'clock in the
0: morning. Oh wow! I have, I have knackers. Oh wow! I really, really. Yeah.
1: So yes, coming down early and making sure you're well prepped up for it would be my advice.
0: Cool. Yeah, and for for people who are not aware and maybe wondering, just the the deal is you have to work a certain amount of hours, and not only you got your free access to the event, but you also have the hotel. Which is included. So well, in my case, I'm staying at the Hilton, so that's quite it's quite nice. You're right on the spot. So yeah, and that applies also. I think if you're a game master and you think you need to run like 18 hours of game mastering, something like that, and you, you got the hotel as well. Yeah. So I hesitated to do that, but 18 hours of game mastering seems like a lot, it seems <laughs> be, like an
1: awful lot. Like I'm. So I'm doing some game mastering at a convention up in Scotland uh-huh. uh, in August, and that's just 3-4 hours, and I was thinking, that might be it, that's, that's a lot. That's it, it, a different type of work, it's, 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 it's tiring in a different way. Yeah. yeah, just making things up for that length of time. But that said, if you manage it, that'd be really satisfying to turn
0: around at the end of it. I know, I know some people who do manage it and been doing it for a couple of years, so for, for this episode I should try to... Grabbled on them and uh, and uh, ask them question about them. But uh, thanks, Brendan, and I look forward to more shifts with you <laughs> and to uh, to find out what we are called to to do uh, <laughs> next. of game designers, publishers, I've uh, been to Expo in three years, four years again maybe. What is this stand? Uh, so we're um, Leyline Press at Stand uh,
2: 1367 and we've got um, a wide range of tabletop role-playing games um, that we um, produce as well as um, adventure modules for various other tabletop role-playing games such as Old School Essentials and Modern Shop.
3: And yourself, you are? Uh, I'm Panny. And I'm Alad and we are Leyline Press. Yeah. We're mostly here, I think, sort of promoting Salvage Union, right? It's probably what most people have heard of, right?
2: Yeah, so Salvage Union, which is a uh, post-apocalyptic mech game. You play as a uh, group of salvagers um, scouring the wasteland for scrap so they can um, support their community who all live, of course, in a um, giant mech. And um, and they feed it scrap so it can keep all the water purifiers and food going and all their family and stuff safe. And, of course, to do that, you need to fight each other in big robots. <laughs>
0: Well if you had quite a successful Kickstarter. Quite a few friends of mine uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, registered. So, how did the campaign go? And where are you in, you know, the fulfillment? I guess. Yeah, now?
3: so the campaign went shocking really well. Actually, it was um, uh, yeah, kind of um, just ran away. But uh, yeah, we're doing really well. Um, we've got the new Quick Start, uh, which we've bought here, so uh, free with any pre-order.
2: Yeah, so we've done, um, with the success of a Kickstarter, we um, expanded the project out quite a lot, based on, we did stretch goals, so we've been... And uh,
3: that means
0: it won't come out until
2: 10 years.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, all, that's usually
0: the way Kickstarter... We're, we're also quite um,
2: careful not to um, promise, you know, promised too much. We were generous um, with our timeline. We were I very think, generous, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, the um, core book has been written, it's sort of in the editing stage at, at the moment. So we're all actually broadly on track to fulfill in December, which is what that um, is. December? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Do you, you think you will have the copies on the table at Dragon Mead this year? Probably not at Dragon Meat. Like, that's like Kickstarter fulfillment. So we'll, we'll be able to, deliver to, we're able to deliver to backers in December. Retail will probably be um, in the first quarter of 2020. Really? Right? Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. So it should be it should be around then. Yeah, um, yeah. If we can get it to Dragon Meat, that would be amazing. But yeah. um, I think it's probably unlikely. The other thing is is just making sure that all the backers have had it. Of it's course. Probably, yeah. uh, you know, we want to make sure that we do that first, and then um, before we start forging spare copies. <laughs> <laughs> so is Salvage
0: um, taking your time fully at the moment, or are you uh, do you have other projects? Uh, being
3: released or being developed? Yeah, so we've just actually um, uh, finished a Kickstarter for Albion Towns, which is a series of um, uh, small mini modules that we did, uh, which... uh, Ah, those
0: lovely pamphlets! Yeah, yeah, the little pamphlets
3: because that was more of a production issue, um, because it was a reprint for the Kickstarter, Uh, obviously I've been doing that while Panny's uh, writing Salvage Union. And then we will swap over and Panny will start writing the next thing and then I'll take on the layout and uh, production on Salvage Union. So yeah, that's that's how we sort of try and stagger it to make sure that we're sort of constantly, you know, on something. I don't
0: remember someone I talk to call, call that uh, productive procrastination when you, yeah. you had enough of one project, you move on you to the next. You move on to one. the next.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no,
0: we find that
2: a lot. Of like, yeah, I'm. Yeah. Sorry, I can't wait to work on something else. <laughs> like,
3: yeah, yeah. But then I remember when you started, when we finished the Salvage Union Kickstarter. And we've just been doing, um, I think, a load of these small pamphlets. Yeah. I can't wait to get stuck into a big project. I'm so <laughs>
2: done with doing lots of small ones. <laughs> and now every day I'm like, oh god, so, oh, I'm writing every day, salvaging. So, <laughs> it lives in my dreams. <laughs> like, oh, robots. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's
3: just it's 300 pages worth of writing. Yeah. It just takes time, and doesn't it? So, yeah, yeah. 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 We're adding yeah. so much to it as well. Uh,
0: yeah. On the practical side of things, so I released my own game uh, back at the last Dragon oh, Meet, where it's going the saving magic of inventory, Self plug. but I'm printing more now and I found out that paper is 50% more expensive so actually from this
3: time last year it's nearly 100% Um, wow um, yeah it's it's gone up crazy which is why um, we're also trying to get salvage union done as soon as possible I mean we're we're obviously just going to have to swallow fortunately paper isn't the entire cost of the printing process so you know there's that but even freight charges everything's just more expensive and um, so yeah we're trying to get it done kind of as soon as possible so that it doesn't run away too much but um, it's 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 good that it went so big because the, at least that means there's plenty of money to make sure that we're well covered on it it's just um, yeah we're um, just having to be a bit more careful with the pennies so, I assume um, it
0: will impact the retail version uh, the, the, the
3: retail price it probably will affect yeah um, uh, we're trying to keep the pre-orders similar on back a kit but yeah once it goes to retail we'll be able to then properly calculate where we're at with it and um, uh, you know it might be a slight cost increase but I think to be fair in the current climate it's to be expected right yeah, um,
2: yeah so. I think fairly reasonably to begin with so.
3: yeah
0: yeah uh, no, it's I'd say, yeah, you so. have to have uh, to raise all my the version of my game because
3: it's just too, indeed yeah uh, it's, too uh, much we
2: don't like to do it but like it's the reality of the industry
3: yeah, yeah. It's, it's difficult as well, because I feel like the tabletop industry definitely underprices its products yeah. a lot of the time as yeah, well. Yeah, there's you know. even less
0: margin. Yeah, to it's so
3: competitive, you know, Yeah, you feel like you need to. And um, uh, yeah, tricky times, but uh, yeah, we're trying yeah. our best just to move through it. Big projects in the works for next year. There are a few smaller ones in between, haven't we?
0: So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, the next thing will probably be, maybe you heard it here first, I don't know, um, there's some sort of salvage sequel. But we So,
0: again, you're very busy with a single big project. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. So.
0: Sorry. It's fine. I'm going to let you. The you usual, like, <laughs> you usual client, experience. Uh, buddy, do you have a, a positive note to end Maybe <laughs> a, a, positive, a message no. to the people out
2: there. Um, not to lose hope. Not to lose hope. Probably yeah. by not
0: talking about. You have a game, just <laughs> no, 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 I was no. like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Um,
2: so, I mean, salvage union, I mean, a lot of people have been saying this, and it's why we designed it. It's a very, like, in a weird way, positive post-marchive game. It's about rebuilding communities. Oh, so um,
0: you would say it's solo punk? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Like, a uh, noble-bright, I don't know what you, but it's, um, yeah, I and mean, it's, um, you know, and it's it's got that sort of positive note to it and um, I know what I'm seeing today with all everyone you know I'm watching a guy two Iraqis on <laughs> the past me now um, you know the community's all Positive here and, uh, exactly yeah the, the loving ones um, and yeah the tabletop community's awesome and they always come out in such good strength and I love this community and I think everyone is great and, and seeing everyone out again is brilliant as well after the rough few years we've had. So, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Thank you and uh, best wishes of success for, for this weekend. Uh, there were already a lot of people this Friday so hopefully mm. you have a, a lot more sales uh, for the rest of the weekend. Yeah indeed, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. I'm here at the...
5: We're in the, um, <laughs> the Hilton help desk and ticket office and anything else that people want to know, you can come and see us here. At the Hilton. And you are? Uh, my name is Chantal. I'm one of the team leaders.
0: And uh, you've been helping Expo uh, since how um,
5: so long? I think this is my seventh year, not including, obviously, the um, lockdown years. The it was my seventh physical year as a, t- uh, yeah, as a team leader before then I have actually volunteered and work stalls. So, yes, I've been here so a while. Were you a
0: volunteer for the virtual uh, UK Games <laughs> <through>, uh, <laughs> Expo as well? Yes. Or did it start it for you or did you first attend and then became a, a volunteer?
5: I, I first started because I was actually, like quite a few people, actually was working for one of the companies. So I was um, helping out one of the businesses that my husband runs. And then we kind of got, fell into, well, let's jump and go on to the volunteer side. So we have a little family now that we go around and do various different shows together. What was that first business you? It was a miniatures games company, and you're going to ask me the name of it, and I can't remember because we've <laughs> done a few over the years. <laughs> At Relics, it was—I think it was Relics—we did it for. Okay. Um, so it was doing one of their stands, but then we've done for different other companies, yeah, other companies.
0: And how did you ended up? in this corner which is the Hilton side uh, with all the, the games which are oh. <laughs> is it random or you could have ended up on ambassador
5: I, um, no I mean with the team leader side is we normally, I'm normally over in the NEC and I'm one of the people that you will see walking the floors unfortunately I have a knee injury oh. so on light duties which means I get to come to the Hilton which is quite nice because I get to sit down a bit more and it's a bit less stressful <laughs> but I quite like the madness over there so I'm quite missing it
0: but would you have a Advice, uh, what, what's your pitch to encourage people to come Game Master Games?
5: Oh, to Game Master Games, I mean, if you're interested in role-play and you role-play for a group, come and join in to start with, join to a game. There's lots of games available. Everybody's very friendly, because obviously it's a very inclusive community. And then if you go on from then, you feel like you want a GM. There's a gentleman called John Dodd, Is the person you need to speak to, and he will sort you out. But yeah, I would definitely say just come enjoy the madness. Positive chaos. <laughs>
0: I need to have a full episode with John at some point. I you will.
5: definitely do need to sit down with John. Yes, you do. You need to sit with our John and um, yes.
0: Yeah, I interacted with him mostly through Dragon Meat.
5: Oh, well, you see, Dragon Meat is another one that I volunteer at.
0: Oh, you volunteer well, we there We are one well. of the
5: choir, as they're known in Dragon Meat. Okay. Yes, <laughs> all the volunteers, they're known as the choir. Yeah, because you
0: sing for people to leave <laughs> at the do. end. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yes. We we don't do that here, but yes, though we do over there. We like a sing song, so yeah, you will find that um, when you go around various shows that you always see the same group of of volunteers because you kind of get. It's, I'm not going to say it's like a cult, but we kind of we're a little family that get together three or four times a year.
0: Oh, outside the events, you yeah, mainly
5: on the events, but then we'll see each other and we'll have like little gatherings outside the events, but mainly yeah, when we're here. We all work together. We all look after each other, and then we all stay up ridiculously late. Either all playing or board
0: gaming. <laughs> <laughs> I need to record the choir next year. Dragon meat. You definitely well, need this year. Dragon meat. Yes, dragon
5: yes, yes, as We are dragon meat is on yeah beginning of December. I'm yeah. always
0: confused which year is dragon meat by because by the time I record an episode and release it, it is the next year. Yes, yeah, yeah. It always feels like it's next year. Why? Oh,
5: yeah. Dragon meat is always at the end of the year. Yeah, air cons at the beginning. And we're in the middle.
0: So, would you have a, you sort of started giving one? But uh, what would be your pitch to be a volunteer at Expo? Oh, to be to? a
5: volunteer. I mean, if I would say first of all, come as a visitor and have a look round. And if you want to get more involved, obviously you are vo- you are asked to volunteer. But for your time, you do get to stay in a hotel. You get fed. You get to join a group of wonderful people. <laughs> It's, as I say, it is a family and we all look after each other, each other's backs, so you make friendship for life. And if you want to just talk to people, just be useful, you know, just bring your personality out. And even if you're somebody who's a bit quiet and you're not sure, there's always a role for somebody. But it's, it's an experience that you you will not regret. And it's something you can take away. And if you want to be on a practical side, something you can, you can take away and say to people, well, I've done this experience... In kind of a, if you want to be really boring and practical, <laughs> in a job, you know, in a job position. Yeah, I know you. you should it, It's a skill. Everything. It is a skill. It is a skill. And and once it clicks and you get in, you it's yeah. you will not want to, You will never want to leave. We all are terribly sad on, on Sunday night, Monday morning, because we know we all have to go back to real life.
0: You'd <laughs> like to be able to have a kind of Groundhog Day experience because I'm a volunteer this year. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. it very yeah, it, it much is, so. Yeah. So. Yesterday, most of the day, I was greeting people inside.
5: Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You
0: just smile and say welcome, and it's really nice to see the, yeah. the the reaction. it is.
5: If you're on if you're on the NEC and you're on the doors, and you get to chat to people, and everybody's lovely, and everybody that comes in is really happy, you know. And you can just it's just it's a just a, it's a wonderful atmosphere, and I think once you do it, you kind of you want a little bit of that drug again.
0: Yeah, you
5: know, it's how we should be.
0: The out there, I was saying, is because. I'd like to do expo as a volunteer. Yeah. Then I would like to do expo as a visitor. Well this is the And problem. a game master at the same <laughs> this, time.
5: Well this is the thing when you volunteered for a bit, you kinda of think, um, oh I do quite enjoy when you're walking around, just walking around with no responsibility. But And then you realise you've got this group of people that you can spend time with on the an evening. And we game on an evening and we have fun and we have a laugh and you know, like this morning when the fire alarm went off, none of the volunteers moved from the... Uh <laughs> I'm
0: soon going to be needed to, to get master my, yeah. my game. Yeah. To finish, would you have a, a best memory you'd like to tell about your your experience over the last seven years?
5: Oh, my, my, my best memory is just the people that I've met and the people that I've got lasting friendships with. That I, We go on holiday together. We have some friends over in Greece who go and visit... John have mentioned before and Jude are good friends of ours now that we see weekly and board and ball play with so you, you do you bond and you make friends for life and it's the nicest feeling in the world because you know you have people that you 100% are compatible with it's better than speed dating it's better than anything else you know that's my memory is, is the friendships amazing Yeah.
0: thank you so much Chantal and <laughs> no, I have uh, very a very nice, nice uh, dra- uh, expo I was about to say dragon meat <laughs> <laughs> that's
5: the next one <laughs> so please sell.
6: Got a bag full of things. Bang-
0: But that's the opportunity for me to find out about tabletop role-playing game I never heard of, and right now I'm at the booth of a
7: game. Who are you and what's this game? So I'm Darren, I live in Cardiff, Wales, and this is Legends of Avalon. This is a tabletop role-playing game inspired by Celtic mythology uh-huh. in Roman Britain. So this is a fantasy world where you could be walking through a forest and accidentally stumble into the other worlds, a chaotic realm, home to mischievous fae. On the south of the islands, you have a new empire invading into the land, introducing a new culture, there's druidic queens and warrior kings and amongst all of this, you are a shepherd. You're a blacksmith, you're a merchant, you're just a humble villager looking to make more of yourself in the world. And from there you quest out and rise up and then you later on you learn magic, you learn how to fight, follow a legendary path, become a druid, fate touched, a gladiator. So the game starts really small and humble and then it grows and becomes bigger from there.
0: And is the tone more action focused or the premise reminds me a bit of Stardust, for instance, which is a bit more whimsical than uh, strictly fighting, where the tone and sort of the system leads the story where... So
7: the, the game, because you start with so little as a shepherd or a blacksmith, later on, sure, you can use magic and that kind of stuff. But at the beginning of the game, you don't have many powers. So the game instead really emphasizes teamwork and resourcefulness. When you make checks, you gain advantages for every time your ally helps you, that kind of thing. So that's what the game's about, is working together to overcome obstacles. Yeah, combat's a part of the game, but we have a parlay system as well for diplomacy, and that kind of thing is very important for Celtic culture and, and and that kind of thing and we have journey mechanics as well for venturing out into the world so it's really a mixture of everything you really want uh, a little bit of everything in, in, in all of your quests yeah
0: so and you said you're there's a I quote, real world and the fair world so you're a blacksmith from the air quote normal world and you you go back and forth between the two Yeah ends. yeah
7: exactly so the other world is is it is a world that's parallel to ours kind of like the upside down and stranger things but less sinister yeah. at least sometimes And this is a place of of chaos and and raw power so it's a really fun place to go as players because the gm can do anything that they want there they can make time go weird gravity go weird you can go in for a tunnel that lasts forever like anything you can imagine can happen there and you can stumble upon it by accident or you can seek it out if there's something you need there's certain resources you can't get from anywhere else but except from there if you want to speak to a certain kind of fate or learn something about history from a long time ago you might want to seek out the other world to go there so yeah so it's a core part of the world the Roman equivalent for us, the Raxians that come in, they're trying to learn about this place as well and they want to find their own resources and things there and they might be coming to players looking for adventurers, looking to delve into the world for their own Oh Okay reasons. so there's yeah. a
0: real stakes in the real world as well as, as things keep pushing yeah. on both sides. Yeah exactly
7: and also the, the gods live there as well and in Celtic mythology gods aren't these supreme beings in the sky that you can't reach them. They're powerful creatures but you can Find them, meet them out, and have a talk with them, and have a conversation, and and have a diplomacy with them as well. They're, and they're, they're human-like, but they're still Fey and Trixie. So you want to be careful. Yeah. So
0: okay, can you happen to be well? You sort of remain a shepherd in the real world. You're nobody in the real world, and you're a big person in the fantastical world. Yeah, it can happen. Yeah. What sort of initiated the project? How long ago did you start? Was there a
7: team? No. So it's just me and some friends eventually. But the project started because. I was trying to get people into role-playing games and I was introducing them to the other games and we would start a character and they have to start at level one and they would say, I'd have to pick a character and they would say, what's a paladin? And it's like, well, they don't even know what a paladin is. How can they even start playing the game? So I was was thinking, well, I want people to start playing and be able to be confident in what they are. So I had this idea of what if the game begins at level, not level one, but level negative three. That's where the game started. So you're, you're not this paladin yet. You're not this druid yet. You're the blacksmith, you're the shepherd. Everyone knows what they are and they can relate to it and do that. And then later on, as you've learned the game rules, then you can learn magic and learn how to fight and be be stronger and more powerful.
0: While it's being completely different, it reminds me of Dungeon Crawl Classic where you start as a, a cheesemaker <laughs> and so on. <laughs> yeah, that's but, excellent. But you most of the time you think the concept is that you play three characters and most of them are dead.
7: Right, okay, yeah. <laughs> We're not quite that brutal here, but yeah.
0: You hinted at the Welsh mythology. How would you describe it, uh, I mean, in contrast to mythologies which are maybe more f- known outside of the UK? Huh?
7: So, um, yeah, it's heavily inspired by Welsh mythology, a little bit of Irish and a little bit Scottish as well. The mythology itself is so whimsical and it's all about knowing things more than other people. Like if I know more things about you, then I have more advantages over you. There's things called um, a tunged or uh-huh. a gas, which is like a vow. And it's like, you have a, like, it's like a curse or something bestowed upon you that gives you powers, but then it restricts you as well. So for example, so in the, it happens in the game as well, when you follow these legendary paths, you have to do legendary trials to gain your powers. You have to do exceptional things to gain these powers. And if you don't do them, but you still want them, then you can swear a tongue it, a vow upon yourself. And this could be, for example, there's a path in this game called the Fae Touched. And that gives you fey powers, and it gives you, but part of that is you gain like fey horns or discolored eyes or pointy elf ears, that kind of thing. And most average people, if they see you with that kind of feature, they will not like you, they'll distrust you because you're a part of the fey. Fey are good, but sometimes they're bad as well. But these tongue kids, you can swear a vowel, for example, that says, I will never hide my fey features. And that means you have to show them to everyone always. And if you ever hide them, then you lose your powers. So that kind of thing happens all the time in Celtic mythology, where there'll be a great hero and they'll have a weakness. There's a secret. And then someone finds it out, then they exploit it, and then they lose everything. And um, yeah, so that's what it's all about. It's about riddles, knowing more than other people, Trixie Faye, being able to outsmart a king, that kind of stuff is really common in, in Welsh Celtic mythology.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I see the system relies on, uh, on a deck of cards.
7: Yeah, yeah, so there's no dice in this system. It's a playing card-based system. When I first designed it, it started with dice. And then through playtesting and iteration, my playtester suggested, why don't you use cards instead? Because the game's all about teamwork, like I said earlier, about being a humble shepherd and then later on getting better stuff. So because it emphasizes teamwork, there's a lot of working together, and when you do that, you gain more cards for checks. And we were running out of dice when we were doing the dice, and so the cards became a lot easier. And then we developed the system from there, and then everything just made sense, and it worked,
0: yeah. Does that mean some, I know some system using play card in role-playing games, you have the deck and you keep taking from the deck, but that, that also means that to some extent you always know that failure will come and success will come because you go through your deck and once you use, I don't know, all the aces, you're out of them. So now you're going to have some yeah, and trees and trees. Kind so of on.
7: similar. So the jokers in the deck are the most powerful cards, they're wild cards. And they can be really good for you or really bad for you, depending on what kind of check you're making. Once the joke is revealed, then we shuffle the deck back together again because they're the most important card. Yeah.
0: So you, we talk a bit about Welsh mythology. What about the Welsh tabletop role-playing scene? I believe there's at least a club in Cardiff from the role-play heaven. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Is the scene quite active? Are there a lot of designers in uh, in Welsh? I don't know about
7: designers. Are um, you very
0: binded together and you meet together? No, I wish. Now, if you know
7: the, anyone, out, anyone out there, if you're a Welsh uh, game designer, please uh, get in contact with me because i would love to hang out. So, uh, no, so when I started making the, ge- the game, it was originally, I didn't have a setting in mind. I just had a game idea of getting people into role-playing games and teamwork being the focus. And it went from there, and then I decided on a setting and someone said, well, you live in Wales, why don't you do Celtic mythology? And then I looked around online and there's hardly any Celtic mythology games. And I was just so surprised. often goes
0: full Celtic, and, uh, but no, not, not slightly more specific.
7: Yeah, uh, and there's a lot of Norse Viking and that kind of thing. Um, so I said, well, OK, well, great, well, I'm, I'm making the Celtic game then. I'm making the Celtic myth game. And uh, so, yeah, it's just me, yeah. The rulebook is already on the table, so
0: I assume it's out. Where is the project at and what sort of the next step? That's
7: a great question. I know, I ask great <laughs> questions. <laughs> so, yeah, we started this a few years ago, and now we're with Modiphius. So if you're oh. listening to this now, uh, you can find this on the Modiphius website. In the next few weeks, we're about to release some free adventures that will also be set in Avalon, and they'll actually be D20 compatible. So. You can use it with other games as well. There'll be a free series of three adventures and they'll act as a prologue for a campaign book that we're kickstarting later in the year. Uh, It's going to take you all over Valen. and it's going to have a... um, There's a Faye Queen that needs to be uh, righted. A lot of intrigue, mystery and thrilling horror, heists and uh, festivals will be, yeah. Was the core rule book kickstarted
0: as well? Yes, yep. Okay, cool. Cool, well, uh, great. One final word for people visiting Expo or not at Expo? uh
7: uh, nothing, just play more games, uh, enjoy games, uh, come by our stall. Though it's probably too late now to listen to this, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it will be. Uh,
7: come to your stall yeah. in 2023. In 2023, yeah. we're at Legends oh, of Avalon. Or Dragon Meat, maybe? Dragon, oh, yeah, I might be at Dragon Meat, yeah, because that's run partly by Modiphius. So, yeah. It is, yeah, yeah, brilliant. So I'm hoping to be there, yeah. So see you there. Uh, Legends of Avalon, yeah.
0: For
6: a closer look. Starting off, we are creatures of different times, once was yours. be the feathers on your back, or the ink in your book, after spying from the top of Bridge. Now that I've startled you,
8: goodbye.
0: I am now at the booth of a big player. It's a big house now, Magpie Games, right? Who are you?
8: Uh, so my name is Chris Sampson. I'm the director of sales at Magpie Games. And it's funny you mentioned that, because we've been around for 10 years we've always been proud of being an indie tabletop rpg but when you have license like root the rpg or now avatar legends coming out later this year it's like it's care it's kind of like an identity crisis like can yeah, we know. actually call ourselves indie at this point but it's been a very humbling experience and uh now we're here in the uk it's been it's been awesome
0: yeah that's brilliant to finally see you here because even some big, big player of the, the TVT RPG scene, don't bother coming to Expo, and that's a shame. So what led you to finally come? Huh?
8: So uh, we were supposed to be here uh, in 2020, but obviously the COVID pandemic happened. So we were very disappointed. We we were supporting UK games Expo. We have a great relationship with them. We did like the online Expo back then. But um, you know, as we're developing new, new titles and new games and picking up especially these bigger licenses we felt it was time to scale up and expand our boundaries in particular in the uk we have a very very passionate fan base i mean most of our audience is in the u.s but we have like a significant big audience of our stuff in the uk and it it just made sense and we're here and we're so happy it's been absolutely swamped really busy but that's a good problem to have and everyone's been so nice and and it feels really good to be here.
0: (laughs) Great, well it's it's nice to hear. What are your successful games uh, over the weekend? What did the the British, or at least the people attending Expo have been responding Mm. to uh, at your booth?
8: So we have uh, have three major titles that are flying off the shelves. So obviously Root, the role-playing game, officially licensed by Leader Games, powered by the Apocalypse system, set in the same world and IP, Kyle Farron, his artwork is amazing and he did like 50 new pieces of artwork for us. Very positive response. It actually released this past March. So it's the first consumer trade show ever where we're having this. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, so Premiere. Yeah, so it's very exciting. Uh, I would say the other big seller is Wizard Kittens. It's our semi-cooperative deck building card game featuring magical Wizard Kittens. What's not to love? We've been running demos like all weekend. People have been losing their minds over it. It's been Uh, and it's super cute and super fun so uh, it's a lot of uh, it's really great to see that positive response the last game that's been getting a lot of hype is Zombie World which is an all-in-one deck building tabletop RPG combo so instead of dice you
0: use so it's not just PBTA because with the world you assume that it's Apocalypse World, Dungeon World, and mm-hmm. Zombie World. No, actually it's a different system with a deck of cards.
8: Yeah, so with Zombie World we wanted to try something different, where instead of using dice, you use cards to create your own piece of zombie fiction in the style of Walking Dead or Dawn of the Dead. That's been seeing a lot of popularity, this show as well. A big name which
0: is too early for you to have at the booth, but which made Ripples, is Avatar The, the Last Airbender. Where are you at at the moment with so that? So
8: Avatar Legends, like it's all hands on deck. A lot of our projects have been pushed to make sure we can get Avatar Legends as fast as out as possible. When you're trying to fulfill like 90,000 books just for backers and then, uh, then beyond that, we want to have a lot, of, a lot of copies for retail. It's all a huge process. We've been running into certain delays like paper shortage or like Covid in China, yeah. So it's so really
0: tough on everyone, small it, and big. It's
8: tough, but we're working really hard. PDF backers have, oh, I'm sorry, Kickstarter backers have their PDFs. We can, we've been seeing a lot of positive response. So if everything goes okay and nothing else bad happens, backers will get their copies like August or September of this year, and then we're shooting for a general retail release in October. We're not doing Essen this year. But we hope to have Avatar come out for PAX Unplugged as oh, the first show. Oh, that would be nice, yeah. Uh, but then once it's out in October, it'll be available. And we'll definitely bring that to the show. I cannot wait to come back to UK Ga- Games Expo and, and share that with everyone.
0: One last thing, which, well, probably a lot of things which are unique about Magpie, but a major thing I find unique about Magpie is this program of curated play. You have yes. I had the pleasure to join one with Noir Enigma as mm-hmm. the Game Master playing Mast. I'm not aware of other businesses doing that already, I think it's quite smart yeah. uh, on the marketing side of things, So, and your avatar seems to be fully booked all yeah, the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. so where did the idea come from and where are you with that program? So
8: I'm fairly new with the company, but if I remember correctly, so when the pandemic happened, there was like two, two and a half years, we were trying to figure out how to transition still stay active with our community. So it's
0: a result of, of yeah, the pandemic, you Exactly. Exactly. Okay.
8: Um, and so one of our colleagues, Sam, she works very, very closely with Kate, who's our community manager. It is kind of their brainchild where they created the curated play program where we have a pool of GMs that we pay and are super passionate about role playing.
0: Very uh, good game masters, a lot of them streamers.
8: So. Exactly, exactly. And uh, it was just a way to like connect with the fans and still share our games and share our love of gaming at a, at a really tough time. And it's just, it, it, it was just a success from the get-go. It was way more popular than we imagined. And we're, we ha- we're adding on new GMs. We added two at least in the last month. We're running so many games: Mass, Roots. I believe so there's, there's going to be Avatar games running as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, they are. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a massive success, and and we owe it to the community. We, we definitely want to give back.
0: Although when I played, I took advantage of a being unemployed and not having the family around because they all in the U.S. time frame. Do you have any plans to making them available to the Europe and the uh, UK uh, audience? Uh? So
8: I've. Um, I would say, like, I want to never say never. Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, Obviously, Kate's our community manager. She's awesome. And we do have dedicated and awesome GMs uh, and colleagues of ours in the UK. So I myself wish it will happen. So I think (laughs) it would be a matter of time to figure out the infrastructure and how we can launch it. But I never say never. I hope we can do it. And that's a great idea.
0: Brilliant. One last word. About your experience at the Expo? Yeah,
8: uh, this is our first time in the UK. Everyone has been so friendly and helpful and and so awesome. It's really great to be back at shows. This is our first consumer trade show of the year. First time in the UK. And uh, it's just been the response to Roots and Brute just, It's Just our presence here in Jeno has been absolutely magical and we cannot mm. wait to come back. The UK is just making us feel very welcome uh, in our first time. And
0: Europe. Yes,
8: exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a wonderful time.
0: This episode included Welcome by Fascination's Grand Chorus, Robot Love by James and the Ultrasounds, Family Vacation by Alex Marantz, Reincarnate by Carbro from his album Welsh Phantoms and Other Ghosts of Western Europe. And of course our theme song Solta of Frango by Bondé Doro. The logo of the Rollist is designed by Rolin Kuns and you can find it on apparels, face masks, stickers, and notebooks on the Rollist T Public Store. Thanks for listening to this Part one of our series dedicated to the return of the release to UK Games Expo. My apologies for the, the lack of releases lately. Uh, yeah, I've been quite um, yeah tired, uh, struggling to balance life, work, and family. Uh, and yeah, I got I uh, did not recall anything until Expo, and it took me a little long- longer than usual. Or usual than in the past to, to edit this episode. Um, so yeah, I'll try to, uh, to improve that. Uh, but yeah, we won't go back to the weekly release schedule of Cafe Released and the Released. Uh, I still have a backlog of Cafe Release. I need to release on the main feed. Those are, I almost released all of them on the Patreon a uh, feed so if you want to check all the cafe released uh, in advance uh, I think it's yeah it's quite a few months in advance on Patreon it's not it's not exactly something uh, I do like oh um, giving me money so so I'm giving them the episode 6 months in advance or even a year in advance it, it's just the the whole process of uh slightly post processing them uploading them with my internet connection which is quite rubbish and even just stupid, but feeling the, the little details in the articles take, take time. So, so yeah, there's a, there's a backlog there. And I, I still try to, uh, to favor my patron supporters because I'm so thankful for, for their support. And, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's one of the very few benefits they have, uh, through this. Uh, and yeah, once this backlog is over, I hope to resume cafe release. The old formula, which was just me recording with someone. Um, uh, I don't see Akadosh that often, sadly, lately, because uh we don't work in the same area anymore and there's uh, more work from home involved. So so yeah, there you go. So that might be Pasophilia, that might be, be July, it might be other people, but yeah, and I, I miss those conversations, so. So, I, I probably will try to, to go back to doing those exclusive, strictly exclusive Cafe episodes, which, uh, yeah, there's almost a hundred of them which you can find, which were made previous to the online streaming Twitch version of Cafe uh, conversation with game designers. Yeah. So, so yeah, speaking of backlog. Uh, I already had a backlog of two episodes of the RPG Academy film yeah. studies and I recorded a third one. Um, I had a good opportunity to record with a podcaster from a show that I love and absolutely fantastic. T- a, a couple, that will be my only hint, a couple of absolutely fantastic game designers. So, so I seized this opportunity, but that means I, rather than reducing my film studies backlog, I increased it, but yeah, um, before part two of UK Games Expo, I hope to release, uh, the next film studies, uh, which was recorded at least a year ago, uh, about hackers. So, so stay tuned for, for that. And, uh, yes, thanks for listening to this episode all the way up to this point. Uh, yeah, also, uh, my game, Paris Gondo, The Lifestyle Magic of Inventory is currently available digitally through a new charity bundle on ITIO. uh It's the bundle for abortion funding, uh, the indie bundle for abortion funding, and uh, there's loads of excellent games, in addition to Paris Gondo, The Lifesaving Magic of inventoring. you've got Inspirial, you've got Aegon, you've got um, Apocalypse World, you've got Primal Quest, uh, Wonder Home, which I wanted to try for a while. For all of these, there are 500 Tobuto role playing games among uh, more than a thousand games uh, in this Ichio bundle. So please go, go check it out and go uh, purchase it for the good cause. And uh, and yeah, uh, still physical copies via Big Cartel of Paris Gondor, the Lifesaving Magic of Inventory. The box sets got improved with better adventure card decks in playhead thanks to the recommendation from Bez, a printer specialized in uh, card decks. So yeah, go grab your your box set on the the big card. Store of the room, uh, and, and that's it. See you soon.
4: And in the meantime, Have a good games. da mm. Solta o frango hum. e vem com a gente Nós é tipo bem Jesus Todo mundo a gente ama ainda mais Se fogatinha rola até levar pra cama A gente topa tudo Sapatão e bigode Tudo na hora do piri. Cai em mim, travesti Vai batuque Rolê 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 Solta o frango hum. e vem com a, a gente Rolê
8: Rolê Excuse me sir, sorry to disturb, I'm from BBC Newsnight Just wondering what you think about Boris Johnson resigning today
7: I want him to go, he's a
6: pain in the arse